Welcome to this series of podcasts for FinTech CTO Club, a community where tech executives learn and share best leadership practices. Here, Vasil Soloschuk, CEO of Insart and the author of FinTech CTO Club, will discuss burning topics on the FinTech product development arena with the technical leaders in the industry. Today it's episode 17 of our podcast. Our guest today is Radomir Mastalesh, CTO at Wealthark, a fintech company developing cloud-based solutions for independent asset managers. All right, so uh, my very first question is, could you please introduce yourself and what is your current role and uh, how it is related to, to fintech? My, my name is Erdomir Mastalesh. I'm Chief Technology Officer at Wellpark. Wellpark is a, a fintech company where we started uh, about four of us at the beginning of 2015. Now we are a company of 30 people. Uh, and what we do, uh, we uh, give digital tools to wealth managers, uh, mainly in Switzerland, but uh, our current target is uh, Switzerland, but we will also uh, we'll be also reaching other countries uh, in the future. So we, we consolidate assets of rich people in one place and uh, provide analytics and performance management system based on this data. Okay. So the, the tool, our application is being used by uh, small wealth management companies uh, and uh, banks. So do you see any difference between uh, wealth management solutions uh, on the US market and uh, on European market, if you, if you can tell yes, us something? Yes, so, so um, uh, US market is very concentrated. So wealth management is uh, concentrated in uh, big banks and uh, they have their own solutions, they own, their own systems. Uh, um, and uh, the market is much more competitive. In Europe, wealth management I think is years, uh, when it comes to the technology is years behind the US. And uh, especially in some countries like Switzerland, it's very distributed. So uh, in Switzerland, there are around 3,000 uh, wealth management companies that are advising uh, with people what to invest in and giving uh, uh, financial advice. Uh, and then they, they are usually small companies, like up to 50, 100 people. And uh, they, they, need, uh, they need the digital tools uh, to manage portfolios, to report, uh, like for, provide appropriate reporting for their clients. Like for 80% of our clients, we are the first uh, professional tool to be used in the company, and our bigger uh, competitor is actually Excel. Okay, okay. So, uh, could you could you maybe share some statistics like uh, uh, what the typical uh, size of the account and portfolio that your clients are managing, and how many how many clients are there, or maybe what what are the assets under management? Uh, so currently, uh, through our platform, like four billion. Uh, of uh, 4 billion Swiss francs of assets are being managed by financial advisors. Uh, there are different portfolios ranging from like 100,000 up to, I think the biggest one is around 50 million. 
Uh, uh, I think it, 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 it's, it's around 4,000 uh, portfolios, 4,000 clients at the moment. Okay. Okay. So, and uh, what integrations have you done for the platform? And what, what are the main challenges doing these integrations? Maybe you can tell us what custodians do you use or what market data providers do you use? So we, we, we have integrations with like three types, three types of integrations. One is with the custodian banks. We have like 35, 35 custodian banks. Uh, and uh, like each, each connection is different. Uh, there's like a different uh, uh, communication scheme, uh, different uh, data format. So they're all, all customized uh, integrations. Uh, we also we also integrate uh, market data providers uh, like Refinitiv, it's, it's former Thomson Reuters, uh, and we also integrate RecTechs into, into our platform. Okay. Uh, so the, the, the data is always the biggest challenge uh, for us. I, think I would say like 60% of our time we are making sure that the data uh, that we want to uh, get from our partners is correct. It's actually being delivered every day uh, that our application covers all the cases, uh, data cases that can arrive from our partners uh, and custodian banks. So uh, it's uh, coping with data is always the biggest challenge. So how frequently, how frequently do you you know, uh, pull the data from the market data provided. Is it on the nightly basis or how does it work? So wealth managers typically are investing uh, in, in long term. So they are not trading intraday uh, and they're usually yes. operating on, on end of day prices. So we also deliver uh, end of day prices and end of day valuations to our clients. Our system is ready to provide uh, real-time uh, data, but uh, I mean the cost of real-time data is much higher, and uh, most of our clients are not willing to cover the cost. Of data. Yes, so no, you you don't need actually the real-time data. Exactly. So back to your CTO role. So what would you name like main challenges of uh, of being a CTO, and maybe like what what are the three things that you would that you wish you, you knew before taking CTO position? As I mentioned, we started in 2015, we had uh, four people at the beginning. I was a regular developer back then. Uh, and uh, I think there were like a uh, few major uh, changes in our uh, organization, changes and uh, changes in our uh, perception that the company was growing. So once uh, we, has grown, we have grown up past 10 people, then we had to put a structure into the company, uh, split people into teams, uh, assign them uh, team leaders. Uh, it was like quite, a, quite a change for us. Uh, and then when the company grows past 20 people, it's also a big change because you're not able to uh, talk to everyone, you're not able to uh, control what everyone's doing uh, and you need to uh, specify uh, targets for, for the teams on, uh, on a higher level and give them more flexibility to, flexibility to execute uh, those targets. 
So there are plenty of organizational changes. And uh, I think what we uh, missed at the beginning are two things. One is the, the communication. Communication is very important with the internal communication as well as, as, well as communication with the, the clients. Uh, so we used to hire plenty of engineers because me and uh, also our CEO, we are both engineers. Uh, and I think we under, uh, or maybe overestimated the capacity of engineers to uh, perform also business tasks. Um, and uh, yeah, now, now we are keeping, uh, keeping up and hiring more business people. Um, and uh, yeah, we, when the company is growing, you need to always look ahead one, two years ahead uh, and plan what's what's what the process will look like in one two years uh, to be ready like to think about it today and prepare for the future otherwise you keep changing the structure and the, the process like every six months and this is not feasible for for uh, it just takes takes a lot of time if you don't think uh, like more in advance okay okay so you touched a couple other questions that I have actually so what's your what's your current approach regarding structure and the engineering team you know taking into account that you have probably product managers uh, who generate the requirements and get feedback from clients and uh, uh, how 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 the how the uh, development team is structured at the moment and also as you mentioned uh, looking forward how do you want maybe to restructure or maybe what what would you like to uh, uh, do another way in the development processes that you have right now. Mm -hmm. So in, in the past we used to structure uh, the teams uh, around the components and features of the application and now uh, we, we changed it. Uh, now, so now we have uh, so the whole R&D department is consisting of four teams, two development teams, one uh, team of analysts that is analyzing data and, and monitoring the quality of the data, and one product team that is focused on uh, product roadmap, uh, designing uh, features and creating specifications. Uh, so these are like the four teams, and then we uh, execute multiple projects, and each project has a business owner, uh, usually from the product team, uh, but sometimes it's like sometimes it can be analyst from, uh, from the application the application team. So uh, we have like a matrix structure. And you're always assigned to one team, and you're always assigned to a project that has a leader, business leader. So it's like a matrix structure. It's uh, actually it's uh, resembling uh, how Google is organizing things. Okay. Okay, um, so uh, my other question is, uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the hiring process is uh, pretty important and uh, it's, it's important for every company. So could you, could you tell us a little bit more details? What's the approach in hiring engineers? Uh, who, will you, who will you name the best engineer maybe for your team? So what criteria uh, do you have when you select the, the right people for your team? So hiring engineers is always a, always a challenge, especially good ones. 
So what, what's what, what's most important for, uh, for the startup is uh, that you take full responsibility for the task that, that, you, that you're given, and you don't need the supervision uh, and double checks from from others. So we, our main focus is to hire uh, self self motivated and uh, responsible engineers. Uh, from our point of view, the, the technology uh, stack of uh, engineer, like previous technology stack, is not so important. What's important is the analytical thinking, uh, algorithmic uh, skills, uh, and also communication skills, which are very important. Uh, from from our experience, um, of course, the, the best people are with the I don't know, at least three, four, five years experience and very good ones. But uh, they are uh, they have like plenty of uh, of offers to to choose from. Uh, what we can uh, what we do to attract people is to give them uh, a lot of a lot of freedom. Uh, give them like uh, very, very task, like very uh, different tasks, uh, but we, we are not able to uh, like beat the, the top uh, salaries on the market. So, uh, and if you attract people only uh, with money, it, it's usually it's a short term. Uh, I would say it's, it's short term, term vision because if the person comes only to get the higher salary. After a few months, if, if it gets better offer, it will just be. So you, you need to have people that actually like the, the fast-paced environment of startup and will feel very good having the responsible and uh, responsible tasks. So uh, what, I mean, uh, how do you handle the interview then? Uh, how will you know during the interview that uh, this is the right uh, engineer with all the, with, I mean, having all this uh, mm -hmm. motivation that you have mentioned, how would you know during like short interview that this is the right person? So we have introduced a set of questions uh, with the problems that we encountered in the past. And uh, we know that if someone encountered similar problems and like, they know straight away how to solve them, then it's usually a good sign uh that the, the person will fit uh, uh and like yeah will be appropriate and then like very important are uh, algorithmic tax tasks so we usually give a whiteboard and a pen uh, and ask a person to solve one two tasks uh, and write algorithms and then you instantly see what's the way of thinking what's the how structured approach can the candidate take to solve the, the problem. All right. All right. Thank you. So the other what, question. Uh -huh. I think what's, what's maybe just, just to add, what's very important, uh, especially at the beginning when you start recruiting people, so people tend to recruit uh, others that are similar. similar. So we, I mean, uh, at the beginning, I, I was I found myself uh, trying to hire people uh, with the same profile as me. Uh, with the same skills, but this is not always the case. Uh, it's not the best approach, and you have to be open uh, for, for also for other uh, characters, for other uh, profiles. 
usually, I think it's, it's because people are afraid of the, of the unknown. If you have not uh, worked with the people with, uh, with a similar profile, uh, or with, 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 with a different profile, different character, then you don't know what to expect at work during the like, daily work. But uh, yeah, you, you need to be open. Okay. Yeah, so I would agree with you. So, um, so my next question is about the technolo uh, technological stack that you use. And uh, actually, the, there are a couple of questions. Uh, you know, how do you select the technologies uh, to be used for developing the solution from scratch and going forward? Or maybe replay, uh, how, will you, how will you select some new technologies that should be used in your solutions, like maybe the programming language, the framework, you know, all the all on all the layers of your software architecture. So what what is what's your approach here? I think the, the smartest and the, the best decision that we've made at the beginning is to build the solution uh, as a cloud native solution. So we are we are based on Microsoft Azure and also the, the application built based on Microsoft stack in C sharp. Uh, so the cloud gives us a lot of advantages uh, against our competition, uh, flexibility, uh, ability to scale very easily. Uh, we, we don't need to plan resources. We don't have actually full-time um, DevOps engineers. Uh, we have automated so much of the, of the engineering processes that uh, we have like one uh, part-time engineer actually taking care of that. Uh, we don't have any infrastructure guys. This is very, very convenient for, especially for a small company. Um, if you choose technology stack, you need to do it wisely and do it, uh, I consciously. So at the beginning, we tend to uh, uh, choose technologies that we knew well. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, now, now we are spending much, much more time on research if we are going to choose new, new, new technology or new library on the, on the go into directions. And you need to be aware that technology is all, all aging very, very quickly. So the, the front end technology that we used for four years ago was it actually was a standard on the market. Now it's outdated and we need to change it. So it's always best to uh, check and to fo follow, uh, follow the market and see what others are choosing and see actually, for example, what uh, in, in, in our case, so now we are uh, rewriting front-end from uh, MVC to, to React and we have chosen React for front-end technology uh, because, for example, Microsoft, our biggest, biggest partner and, and the biggest uh, technology and cloud provider, actually has also chosen React uh, for their internal use. So it's a good sign that it would be supported, developed, and uh, uh, will not, not be obsolete in uh, one or two years time. Okay, okay. So uh, uh, the other question is, so have you ever done like re-engineering or re-architecting uh, of your system? And uh, also, how do you deal with the technical depth so you already mentioned that uh, you know sometimes you need to replace the outdated technology with the new one. So what's your experience here, like solving I mean, the problem of technical depth 
and re-engineering system, re-architect and the, uh, the system. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time on the technology. Some of the components of our system has been, uh, are, are being now rewritten for the third time since the beginning. So uh, okay. it's, it's actually, I'd say quite a lot. Uh, it's always difficult because the re-engineering task take a, takes a lot of time and uh, there is, for, for a very long time, there's no business value uh, that can be displayed to the business stage. It's, it's very, for me, it's a very good investment if you do it well, but you, you need to be aware why you, you are rewriting something, uh, what are the benefits, and actually what's the aim. You're not able to solve all the problems uh, when uh, rewriting some components or changing technology start. Uh, you need to be, have clear plan what you want to achieve and uh, control that developers are following the plan. Otherwise, uh, developers tend to uh, solve other problems they think they are, are important, but from the business point of view, are not that important. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, we, we really need to uh, understand what's happening uh, behind the uh, behind the project. Okay, okay. So as for the technology stack, you mentioned that you're uh, on Azure and uh, that you uh, uh, that you have uh, .NET in place and and you're using React. So what what are the frameworks and technologies to use? Also, not not only for the development but for managing the project. So what project management system? do you use and what communication tools do you use in your company? Like so maybe, maybe Jira or Slack or something else. Exactly. So for communication, we use Skype and Slack, like the main channels. Uh, the, the development process, the code reviews, testing, deployment is all done in Azure DevOps, also in the cloud. Uh, for specifications and documentation, we use uh, Confluence, uh, tasks and uh, current sprints are managed in Jira. We are, at the company, we also use Pipedrive and Base, but are being there, these are being used by customer success teams and uh, sales teams, so I'm not actually involved in, in those systems. So is, is there any, any you know, um, Capabilities that you need to support your process, but you don't have you you have not selected any any tool or you're not satisfied with the tools uh, and tool set that you use right now. So is it something that you can tell us? So we we okay. So we use a product board uh, for um, managing the product roadmap. It's also quite a nice tool. But what we are uh, still looking at is. Uh, the integration of the product board and Jira. So it will be, Jira is lacking some management uh, reports that, that, are, uh, that are useful for, uh, for the CEO, for me. Yeah, and uh, so we, we are still trying to figure out how to translate the product roadmap into Jira and, and not to do it manually. So we want to automate the process as, uh, as much as possible, uh, but I think we are still lacking uh, good tools at the moment. Yeah the market okay okay got it so uh, another question I have is is related to 
security and actually what's uh, from the technology perspective what have you implemented to uh, as a security measures um, and also from the process perspective because you know it's a complex uh, always it's a complex task related and not only to technology but also to people and processes so what 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 have you implemented in your company regarding the security of data and uh, other things so so first of all there is no shrink of passwords uh, which is very important uh, everyone has its own account in azure active directory uh, login to both the application the local application and to all uh, let's see cloud resources uh, is performed to the authentication uh, we need to enter password and uh, sms uh, token to, to get into the system and this, uh, uh, this is both uh, for internally and also for our clients to access application. Uh, so security is very important to our clients because uh, if, if they upload some sensitive uh, documents to our system, with our CRM module, uh, they keep the client names. So what we also did, we separated completely uh, physically the uh, sensitive client data from the portfolio and financial data and access to sensitive client data is only at the two or three people at the company um, and it's yeah it's physically separated and um, uh, i think it was very very good decision since the beginning to separate those two data databases okay what, what what's also important is to think about the internal security since the beginning because and when we started, it was like a company of four, so um, everyone had access to everything. Uh, and once the company grows, uh, you start thinking about it. But if you do it, uh, if you do it as early as early as possible, then it's much easier to transition from the everyone has access to everything to really uh, coping with the permissions, with the access to data, access to resources. Uh, we have gone through that journey. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is something that you don't think about uh, at the very beginning, but then it comes with the instant, uh, let's say, uh, yeah, you need instant, there comes, there comes the moment that you need instant reaction and, and do it immediately. Okay. Okay. So, um, back to your uh, CTO role as a technology leader, um, so you probably need to learn many different things. And uh, actually the question is, uh, how do you learn yourself? And uh, what would you advise? And what's, what's your, what works for you, what not? Maybe like reading books or reading uh, some media resources or talking to other people or maybe attending conferences or workshops. So what, what works for you in terms of learning? Starting new things. So actually, it's a good question, and uh, there is there are no no I would say that, that the, the content and like learning uh, materials for CTOs are actually uh, uh, appearing now. Uh, there is not much out there, and to be honest, um, from an organizational point of view, I think there is a very good book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Uh, I can recommend it to everyone. So thank, thank, thanks, thanks also, also to you that you're actually 
pro promoting the, the knowledge and sharing the, the knowledge sharing uh, of the CTOs because uh, I think it's a, it's a very good thing. And we're one, one of the first to do it. There's also a, the modern CTO blog, which is quite, quite interesting and also worth reading. It's, it's also a question, what was your journey uh, to CTO role growth? Mine was from the uh, from developer and going up to team leader and then, and then CTO. Uh, and it's always, it's always hard uh, to learn how to delegate tasks and how to manage people. I think this is the, the most important part, uh, the most difficult part for engineers, for every, every, almost every engineer. Um, and I mean, as, as soon as you understand that you don't have to do everything uh, to manage teams successfully, and there are also people that can do things better than you, uh, the quicker you will become a good leader and a good CEO. Okay, okay. So uh, another question is, uh, so uh, what, what specific time management techniques do you use uh, uh, in your work, during your work day? So how do you split your time? How do you, I mean like, how do you prioritize things that you need to do um, as a CTO of the company? So could you, could you tell us something on that? I think there is there is no uh, a golden golden rule how to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, as a as a leader, you need to have time for your uh, subordinates, for your, uh, for your for your people. At the same time, you need to have time to for, for other C level uh, people of the company for for CEO. Yeah, very often to talk to clients uh, and talk to some partners and. Uh, it's always a matter of focus what, uh, what you think and what the company thinks is most important at the moment. Definitely, uh, people tend to take out of my time, so uh, you need to start, uh, you need to know how to say, say no, yeah, I don't have time for this, or you have to manage this because I, I can't have that much time. And it's quite difficult at the, at the beginning. Okay. Somebody, somebody asks for help. You, you want to help, but uh, sometimes just, just there are more, more urgent and more difficult things to do than solving a problem with your engineer or, or analyst. Uh, and then it's best to just disappear. If you have something very important to do, it's best just disappear and uh, go. I don't know, work from home or work, work from a coffee coffee shop. Uh, just focus on one thing and just. Uh, Get out of the of the team uh, of the uh, of the of the open space and focus for a few hours. But, but then you need to go. You need to be back uh, and, and and see what happens uh, and understand uh, what happens when you are gone. Okay. Okay. So maybe my last question is so uh, actually a few few last questions. So what, what are you going to achieve as a CTO during the next year? So do you have any professional goals yourself? So uh, I think the, the best, uh, so, so I would say that uh, my, my goals are the, the same as the company goals. It's always to 
best to solve the real problems than to uh, think of the imaginary problems that you might have and uh, Makes sense. So it's always to learn on the on the real examples. So we have uh, uh, challenges that we want to solve to explore. Especially uh, as we are growing, have more and more clients. We are not able to talk directly to all of our all of our clients. We need to somehow uh, change the way we communicate with our clients from the direct communication to uh, email newsletters to some tools, uh, videos. And this is something that we need to change, definitely. Uh, we also need to uh, still make sure that the roadmap is clear for everyone and it's being followed by all, all of the teams and everyone knows what's their contribution to the roadmap. Uh, yeah, we need to uh, structure the process of building and executing the roadmap and automate it as, as much as possible. So I think this is, this is the, the main challenge for the next year. Okay, okay. From the so, organizational point of view, of course, there are also other business challenges and all the features, modules, and plans that I have. So, actually, my, my last question is, uh, so what, what motivates you, uh, you know, the best and what the most interesting things that you need to do as a CTO? And also, what are the most boring things that you need to do as a CTO? It's also the, for me the most uh, what motivates me most and what I feel best uh, at is actually translating client requirements and uh, business goals into language of technology and product and being the bridge between the, the, the business and the technology is very like, fascinating. What I like uh, about the role is that there is no uh, fixed schedule of the day. Uh, there is usually if you if you think, if you feel that you have a, like a fixed schedule, you have all, everything uh, in place and you know how to work, usually that, then usually you are uh, stuck in, a in one place and you are not making progress. And it means that you're doing something wrong. So if you find yourself uh, with a comfort zone, it means that, uh, that something is wrong. So this is, this is uh, very challenging. Uh, yeah, the building fantastic product using the best technologies is, uh, and, and making the clients and uh, users happy is, is a big satisfaction uh, for me. Uh, what I don't like, uh, I think the, the whole of operational burden, uh, like you know, accepting holidays, uh, sometimes uh, planning, uh, uh, sometimes it's very cumbersome. Uh, also, recruitment, uh, if, if it takes, uh, I don't know, some of your time, then it's fine, but now we have like eight open positions, then recruitment takes a lot of time, and uh, sometimes uh, it's just, just too much. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, Radhanar, so thank you very much for all your answers. And uh, maybe the last one, uh, could you maybe tell something to people who are just starting uh, in, this, in their CTO roles, what would be your advice? Maybe what would be your wishes? I think if, 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 if you're taking the role for the first time, 
it's, it's always difficult, uh, especially if you started as an engineer, because you have been always been uh, told what to do, and now you have to think ahead of, of your uh, your tenders, of your subordinates, of your of your, uh, of your people, uh, and. Uh, what I find myself sometimes uh, that I'm focused on things that my leaders uh, are, are uh, concerned and not thinking ahead of, ahead of them. So just don't only listen to your subordinate, but also look around, look, look up, and, uh, and try to uh, yeah, be uh, not behind, but uh, in front of the team leaders when it comes to planning, thinking about the future and what, what will come next.